We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Grinders, welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You got to follow me on Twitter. And it's Friday, Friday, December 9th. And you know what we do on Fridays? We fight on Fridays. We fight a little bit. We well, we talk about fighting, right? We could fight if you want. If you want to fight in the YouTube chat, feel free to fight in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups before you do it. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Punch it, punch the punch the like button. Punch it. Kick it. Do a spinning back fist or whatever, whatever other fighting technique. Do it uh, like there's a little elbow, a little cage control. Take take the like button down. Right? Give it a calf slicer. I don't know. Do whatever the hell you want with it. But good morning, Wataz. Kickstart in the YouTube chat. We'll be talking about the UFC 282 card for tomorrow. Uh it's a 530. Uh, start time, 5.30 lock time, I think. Maybe they move it to 6. I mean, it's 13 fights, not 14 fights. I don't know, but it's still 5.30 as of now. Not not that great of a card, really, for a pay-per-view card. I mean, obviously, Prashaska Teixeira was taken off the card because uh, Prashaska is injured or whatever. So, I mean, maybe they, they wanted it to be a better card than it was. Uh, there should be a lot of finishes, though. Okay, although, you know, there there's some questionable fighters on, on the slate. A lot of high variance fights. And that's what I like for GPPs, high variance. I don't want low variance decision fest type type uh, fights. But uh, there are a lot of fights to target. So I, like on, on this on this card, I'm going to be playing. Uh, I'm going to be playing eight lineups. Like, you know, I'm doing more of the small field stuff, more of the late swappy swappy things. And I'm going to be targeting primarily fights over in the beginning at least over over specific fighters necessarily now as the slate goes on i may be switching the lower variance fighters so like i think identifying which fights are high variance and which fights are low variance 
lower variance. I mean, it's still, it's, it's MMA. It's still high variance regardless. We'll determine like, like the path. Like I bring up fight odds that I owe. Uh, so show you the, the order of the fights, right? So we have the same in Kozla. We got a lot, we have a lot of questionable fights early. I mean, with people with less UFC experience. And actually, the lower variance fights are actually later. So most likely, I'm going to be taking shots on a lot of the earlier fights, a lot of the prelim stuff. And if I if I get if I get a big score, then I could then I could start building my lineups, you know, to uh, to benefit from that. And then if I get a loss, then I I know which fights to to switch to. Okay. So if you got any questions about the UFC card, feel free to post them in the YouTube chat. I see you guys here in the morning. Good morning. I also got the the Ground and Pound podcast that should be coming out today. Uh, Liam, Mike, and myself, we uh, recorded uh, yesterday, uh, broke down all the fights on the card. You can get that if you're a Roto Grinders premium member. Get the core premium package. You get everything, right? MMA, you get NBA, you get NFL, you get PGA, you get everything. So click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Popular fighters on the slate, I think, I mean, from uh, you have the main event is An- Ankalaev uh, Blahovich. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least be starting out my eight lineups with none of the main event. Okay, it's a, it's a it's a pay per view card that only has one five round fight. A lot of times these pay per view cards have two five round fights, two championship fights. But obviously because one was scrapped, we only have one. Uh, I think it'll be over owned. Uh, Ankalaev tends to be a much more patient fighter. I think Ankalaev beats Blahovich, but at 9200, does he does he pay off the salary? Uh, if, if he goes to the wrestling, maybe, may I guess maybe, but I mean, we, we, I think a lot of guys can score a hundred plus on this slate and at 9,200, I'm not sure if the, the, the main event is necessary and it's probably going to be over, right? We have, we have Ankalaev at like what, 39, 40% on Blahovich at about 20, 22. So that's what 60 ish percent of lineups, like from a low variance scenario, I like Ankalaev from a, he, he's a low variance fighter. But I think some of these other guys up here, but you're going to have to trust some of the people up here. I mean, most of the fa- biggest favorites on the slate have limited UFC experience. Okay? Limited. Or are their experience in the UFC is shaky. Like Edmund Shabazian. Right? He's only been really facing like the top of the top of the division. But, you know, after the first round, he gets... He, so he, he could fall apart easily. Okay. And then you got Saman making his UFC debut. We got Rosas who only has what? I think one fight. Right. He's like, he's an 18 year old kid. Patty Pimblett is technically new. He's only had, I think, what, three fights in the UFC. Vinicius Salvador is making his debut against De Silva, who's lost three straight. So it's like a lot, it's a lot of question marks on, on the, the top end. But the fight should be should be high scoring, should be high high variance. So we take a look look at the fights here on FightOdds.io, and like Saman Kozlo, like that's a high variance fight. I mean, I don't even think Kozlo is UFC caliber at all. Uh, Saman could easily destroy him. He's like the biggest favorite on the slate now, like minus four hundred, minus three sixty five in places. Uh, but remember, you're trusting someone that doesn't has never fought in the UFC before. But he's also facing a late minute, a late, late, a late replacement of someone that has no business even coming close to the UFC. 
six, he's six and oh, but he's beaten like firemen. He's beaten plumbers, right? He's his six and oh record against people that I think two of his opponents literally had no experience in MMA. Like that was their first fight ever. So I don't know what you could go by that. Then you have Salvador versus Da Silva. This is unlikely to even go back past the first round. Da Silva, like, I don't think it's in his three UFC fights. And even in his regional stuff, like he did like past like six, seven minutes. Like he's never had a fight past six or seven minutes. And Salvador is, is, is wild also. So like, I'll be taking a lot of shots on Samen, on Salvador, some on Da Silva. And then we, then we get into now Eric Silva versus TJ Brown. Okay. I think that's, that's one of the lower variance fights. Although I don't trust either of these guys either. Right? I mean, Eric Silva is making what his debut at, at 35 years old and TJ Brown, he could, he could wrestle, but he, he also doesn't have the best, uh, best fight IQ. Then Carantillo Hernandez. I think Carantillo is going to be very popular. Uh, volume striker. Uh, he wrestles a bunch also. He, he, he just knows how to rack up uh, uh, DraftKings scoring. But Alexander Hernandez could, I mean, he, he's probably to be dangerous in the first round. But I think from at 8,600, Carantillo, for, for low variance purposes, I, 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 would, I, I would look to play him. Then you have like Curtis Buckley, who's, I mean, this is basically a stand-up fight. And if there's a knockout, someone could score. If there's not, it's probably in a decision. Someone scores 70 points and not much. So this Curtis Buckley is kind of the fight where, oh, I already have a loss. Let me start switching over to, to Curtis at 7,700, right? He's 7,700, right? I view him as like kind of like what the, like Angela Hill was last week. Like, okay, I got a loss. Let me plug in, you know, what underdog is a good shot at least going to decision? Okay, Chris Curtis, right? I could say I could say the same for this uh, Tapuria-Mitchell fight. The Tapuria-Mitchell fight is going to be very popular. Yet, it's like the second most likely to go to decision. On another card, it would be like middle of the pack. But on this card, I mean, outside of Morono, I think the, the Morono-Ponzinibbio fight, it's the most likely. If we take a look at the ITD lines, uh, Tapuri is plus 195, Mitchell plus 350, right? Ponzinibbio is plus 200, Morono is plus 485. That's 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 the that's the fight most likely to go to the decision is the Morono-Ponzinibbio fight. So the Tapuria-Mitchell fight most likely goes to the decision, and I think this is an even enough matchup that I'm not sure if the winner scores well. To me, the the only way the the, the winner of this fight scores well if there's a if there's a finish, an earlier finish. So I I will I will be under the field on Tapuria Mitchell, but I I I, re, I reserve the right to switch to to either of them to to rescue Min Cashes if I get a loss because that's much later in the card. Right, Shabazian Dolce Lugi and Bula that should be a high variance fight. I mean I'm not. Edmund Shabazian should take care of Dolce, but Shabazian, he, he falls apart. And is Dolce the one to, to capitalize on that? I don't know. But he's a physical guy, right? So you, you never know. So, uh, But Dolce is the cheapest fighter on the slate, and I don't mind. I don't even mind playing him. I played Dolce over Kozlov. So at least Dolce has UFC experience. I mean, he's only, he's only had two wins in the UFC, and against horrible people. But uh, but at least he has UFC experience. Then we have Perrin Roses Jr. and uh, and the eighteen year old kid Raul Roses Jr. is probably gonna 
basically go for takedowns and go for submissions. I don't know how many takedowns that he's going to get. I don't think he's not chaining together stuff. It's going to be basically take him down and try to submit him. Probably not as much ground and pound. I don't mind playing some Rosas Jr., but I mean, I, I prefer I prefer Salvador. I prefer Samen over him. I even prefer Shabazian over him because Shabazian could just, I mean, completely destroy Dolce. Could. I think Rosas Jr., it's not a matter of like, like, oh, he's going to get eight takedowns. It's going to be one takedown. <coughs> then Perrin's going to be on the ground for three and a half minutes defending submissions. It's not going to be to move over to mount and then ground and pound. I think Rosas is just going to look basically, you're not going to get many, you're going to get control points. But like in his last fight, uh, three rounds, Rosas like had 22 strikes. That's it, 22. So his ceiling is much lower than maybe the field would would think. Although I still think he's he's one of the the upper upper end targets on the slate. Then we have Dawkins Rosenstruck. That's totally high variance. The winner of this the winner of this fight is going to score five. The the the, the loser is going to score five. The winner is going to score ninety five. Right? It's basically basically knockout or bust on both sides. I mean, it's the most likely it's the most likely. To end inside the distance, Rosenstruck's minus 125 ITD. Dawkins is uh, plus 200 ITD. So for GPP, sure, yeah, I like this. But the, the, this this would not be a, a, a low-variance fight that I switched to. But I don't like, I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of playing slow heavyweights anyway. Because once it hits the second round, it's hard for any, either of them to score 100 points. So I'll probably be under on Rosenstruck and, and Dawkins also. Then what we got next? Mitchell Temporia had talked about Duplessis versus Till. That's another low variance fight. I don't. I, I think uh, I, I, I'd I'd prefer the underdog. I think Till's going to be much lower owned than some of the other dogs. But is can he score hundred points? I mean, he's basically need a first round knockout. But can he win a decision in the if this is a competitive stand up fight? Yeah, I guess so. Makes me not really want to play. I'm not going to have any lineups with Duplessis in it. He's plus one twenty five inside the distance. Till is plus 335 inside the distance, but the line is actually much closer. Minus 175 money line for Duplessis, plus 155 for Till. Like 8,800, 7,400, that gap is, is pretty pretty wide for, for a fight that's not much more than three to two. Barely two to one. So I think, I, I, I mean, I don't think Till doesn't have that much of a ceiling, but hey, one punch, you never know. I don't mind playing till like if if you if you need if you need like I need to lock in you know safe points low variance. I think Duplessis till is is one of those types of fights. The same thing for Ponzinibbio Morono. I don't see a finish there either, and I'd much rather play Morono at seventy five hundred. So it's like till and Morono are those those okay. I got to let me plug in maybe forty five points plus hopefully a decision win, and maybe get seventy five in there. And then we got the, and we talked about the main event and then the Pimblet-Gordon fight. Pimblet's going to be very popular as he always is. He's going to lose at some point. He has too many flaws. Is Jared Gordon the one to do it? Probably not. But in Jared Gordon wins, he puts up a lot of points. Okay. Jared Gordon can take Patty Pimblet down. He can. And, but if he can't, he's, he's, he's a sitting duck. He's dead. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm, I'm I'm not playing any Patty in my eight lineups. Obviously, with late swap, everything could change. Like I'm more likely to play Patty in a lineup where 
I got, I already have four wins and I'm looking to win first place type of thing. But the, 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 the favorites that I'm looking at the most, and you can see on my sheet, even how, you know, they're all rated out based on uh, our current projected ownership, our current meeting projection. Uh, I put a little optionality rating depending on, you know, when the fight is on the card. But I'm looking to play Samen, Salvador, Rosas, Shabazian. Then in the mid-range, uh, Joaquin Buckley, I guess, I'd, over Chris Curtis. I mean, I, I don't like the mid-range. I, I prefer doing the, the up-and-down builds. That one of the, uh, My hot take on the expert survey is that two, two fighters? Did I say one fighter? I don't know if I said one or two. I think two. Underneath 7,500 are in the optimal lineup. Two. So that's between Till, De Silva, Perrin, Gordon, Blahovich, Kozlo, and Dolce, Lugian Bula. Like, even though I'm going to be playing Salvador, I still think I'm going to be playing, I'll be playing De Silva in, in, in a lineup or two. I'll play Jared Gordon. Jay Perrin, Jay Perrin's going to pretty much need to knock out Roses. Because I don't see how he's, I don't see how he scores that many points in, even in a decision. It has to stay on its feet and he has to not get taken down. Because once he gets taken down and he's controlled on the ground for four minutes, he's not scoring any points. So it's hard for him. It's hard for him to hit a hit a ceiling score in this specific matchup. Unless he obviously just goes out and 30 seconds in, just knocks him out. But Perrin's plus 525. He's the highest, he has the highest ITD on the entire slate. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's more like Till De Silva, Gordon. Dolce Lugimbula. I'm not trying. I'm, I'm not sure about Blahovich. I think he's going to be overowned. I think Kozlo. Kozlo. Oh well, Kozlo is a jujitsu, and he could get you down and whatever. He was facing people that had had no MMA experience. Okay, it's not. It's not hard if you're a BJJ any any type of credentialed BJJ person to bum rush someone, get him to the ground, and then submit him. Like against someone that should not be in 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 a in an MMA fight, so I'm going I'm going on the auspices that Kozlo is like strength of schedule is is non-existent. But yes, I guess in a win, if he does get an early submission, he can score 100 points. But I think it's more likely that Cameron Samen just destroys him. That's a, at least my opinion. Defic asks, what sites are good to look at for relevant fight histories for each fighter? I would, I, I guess, uh, what, what is it? Tapology? I assume tapology. I, I mean, I don't look at that, but I guess you can, right? It doesn't topology have everything. Doesn't they have all, all the, all the everything of? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't use this site that that much. You go to any fighter or something. Cage match is, the, I mean, that's for wrestling. But yeah, I guess so. Here's some ads. I think it shows you all the stats of all the all the previous fights that they have that they have it for that they have something that they have. They'll, obviously, I think they'll show the fight history, but I don't know about the stats of the fights. We have to go and actually watch, find them on YouTube and watch them or something. But I don't, I don't care about that. I mean, I every, to me, everything is baked into the lines. Everything you see on this spreadsheet in front of you, that's all I use. Right now, obviously, you know someone like Liam who's on the Grounded Pound podcast, 
you know, supplies a lot of context to the lines of like, there's a difference between a guy with, you know, oh, he's, he's, he's minus whatever to, to inside the distance, but I don't know what style, how does he win? What's the method of victory? Because that's all incorporated into the scoring. That's why, like, I have like a ceiling score proxy here, as well as a median score here to kind of make up for like the grapplers. Or I have much higher ceilings on DraftKings than the strikers. So like someone like Darren Till has a very low ceiling proxy. Because he doesn't he doesn't wrestle. He doesn't do anything. I mean, and he's horrible on the ground. So his path to scoring is basically just striking volume, as opposed to takedowns and control time and ground strikes and stuff like that. So obviously on DraftKings, the ceiling scores typically favor the grapplers. And that's why, you know, someone like Salvador, someone like Rosas, guys that can get land takedowns. We have a lot of guys on the, on, on the slate that can land takedowns. Like Ankalaev could land takedowns, but I think Ankalaev could beat Blahovich even without stand-up. Ankalaev may not even care that much about even taking anyone. I mean, I, I, I think Ankalaev, very smart fighter. But just because you're a smart fighter doesn't mean that's good for DFS. Smart fighter, meaning that he doesn't have to rush this. Like, I think Ankle Live could just be, you know, third round. Finally, you know, Blahovich gives out and Ankle Live ground and pound, takes him down, ground and pound, end of story. I don't think Ankle Live has to work as hard in the first round or two. And he knows that. If you've seen his fights, he, he's very patient. Yet you have someone like uh, Edmund Shabazian who's not patient at all. Right, Patty Pimblett ain't patient at all. Jerzyna Rosenstrike could—he's too patient sometimes. Right, people are going to play Rosenstrike at minus one twenty-five inside the distance. Yes, he can knock you out in one punch. Absolutely. The problem is, a lot of times he just stares at you for an entire round. Like, dude, like you—you you got five minutes. Like this, this Rosenstrike Dawkins fight—you got five minutes for on. You got five minutes for a ceiling. If you don't get in the first round, you're dead. You're dead. And pin 32% of the field is going to play Rosenstruck. Good. Let him. You can go the entire first round with, while only attempting four strikes. I mean, like, that, he's he's that low volume. Because he's a counter striker. So if Chris Dawkins doesn't engage as much, he's just going to stare at you. And then he'll wait for the second round. He'll stare at you some more. Hard for him to win decisions that way, but I mean, we don't even care about that. By the time the third round comes around, if they're just staring at each other, it doesn't matter who wins. Neither of them are scoring well, not for DFS purposes. But the builds that I'm going to be doing the most of are up and down builds, are barbell builds. So I think people are going to live more in the mid-range. I think the popular lineup types of combinations will be like one high nine like a 9k fighter right i think you know you get something like like patty 9100 salvador at 8900 carantillo at 8600 and then maybe they play chris curtis bryce mitchell like something like this tj brown like this type of lineup I see a lot more of these types of lineups. 
one 9K fighter, two mid-range 8K fighters, and then you don't even have to go down that far on a dog. And if you did, like, you know, I could see, I could see people, you know, playing Dawkins against Rosenstruck instead of Curtis or Mitchell or Brown or something. And then, like, you're right. Like, you could move, let's say you move, uh, TJ Brown, or you move Bryce Mitchell to Chris Dawkins, and you move TJ Brown, you know, you try to get Tapuria in there, I guess, instead of Carantillo, right? You have 500 left, and instead of playing, right, you move, you move, you can move this around, right? Instead of playing Brown, you play Silva. Instead of playing Patty or instead of playing Salvador, you have 500 left. You play some Shabazi in there, like something like that. I see these types of lineups where people don't necessarily dip past the ninth, the $7,500 range. So I think these, these fighters 7,400 and below are going to go under owned. And I think these fights are high variance enough with people that have with fighters that have limited experience or questionable backgrounds, or questionable fighting styles. I think I think one or two fighters, seventy four hundred or below, win. Me personally, I'm going to hope it's it's Gordon and Till. I don't mind De Silva, but I mean I'll also be playing Salvador. So I mean, like, like that's that's like right early, and then like I'm going to know early what I need to do. That's the thing about MMA late swap now. I'm going to know real early. No, I, I mean, it was very similar last week. I, I had a lot of Rojo and a lot of Valdez, and that was the second and the third fight. And I also had half my lineups with Jeregui, and she was in the first fight. So I'm, I know exactly what I'm going to need to do the rest of the slate. So out of my eight lineups, I think I'll have probably have four Samen lineups. And I think I'm going to have four Salvador lineups and, and two De Silva lineups. So I'm going to know like right away after the first two fights how I should be building the rest of those lineups. This will be pretty easy. So those are the, I mean, Samen and this De Silva-Salvador fights are the fights that I'm targeting the most. But if we just take a look at just even my rating right now with the RG stuff, I've I've Samen and Salvador as, as, as two, two of the three highest rated fighters and better for their salaries than Shabazian, right? So I have what? Samen first. Salvador two, Shabazian three, then Roses four, then Patty, and then uh, Duplessis and Ponzinibbio, only because of their ownership. Right, that's why I said Ankalaev. I, I mean, I have him as the worst rated nine K fighter on the slate, only due to ownership. You take away the owner, I mean, he, I change his ownership down to to whatever. If twenty three percent, then he's fine. Right, but I have him. I have him at uh, thirty-seven. <coughs> right, I have Patty at thirty-eight. Right, if Patty was twenty percent on, yeah, sure, okay, give it to me. It's fine. For thirty-eight percent on, no, I'll play Gordon. I'll play fourteen percent on Jared Gordon against him. Salvador's going to be pop. I have Salvador's. I have Salvador's the highest owned fighter on the slate at forty percent. I still have him as under-owned. He's minus 175 inside the distance. Let's see. Has that even changed? I mean, that's nuts. One, minus 175, 64% implied probability inside the distance. Minus 105, 51% round one probability. And he's 8,900. 
just from a price standpoint versus the other 9K fighters. Yeah, he's still minus 175, right? Minus 250 money line. I mean, look, he's, I mean, compare, I mean, as, at 8,900, he has as high of a ceiling as, as Shabazian at 9,400. I mean, I just view the 8,900 plus to this range. They're all, take a look at all these inside the distance and the win odds. Like, they're all kind of the same. They're close enough. Then once you get to 8,800, now everything drops. Now, now everything drops. So even at 40%, I think he's under-owned. Right, what happens if he was like 50%? And he'd be, yeah, if he was 55%, he'd be like efficiently owned. Right? But at 40%, maybe he comes in at 44, maybe 45. I don't know. People want people may want to play Pimblet. People like this Raul Rosas Jr. kid. Salvador has no, I mean, you're gonna look at people. Are people gonna click on a name that has no game log? Like he has no game log. There's no there's no log there. There's no nothing. But just from the betting line, he's the he's the he's the highest. He's the highest ceiling on the slate. And you're getting him at a discount in comparison to other fighters. So I listed him in the expert survey as the top overall play on the slate. That, that doesn't mean it's guaranteed to win. Of course not. The Salvador De Silva fight, I mean, anything this it'd be crazy fight. De Silva is just just 100% kill or be killed, and he's been killed. And Salvador is pretty much the same. He did very flashy, but he could do take takedowns and high volume. Like in his Dana White Contender Series match, he was a, he was he was a psychopath. But he could he could run in and get clocked by Daniel De Silva and lose. I mean, like I mean that can happen. I wouldn't mind having that fight in every one of my lineups, possibly. I don't know. Maybe it ends up happening that way. I take Salvador in four and De Silva. Most likely Salvador in five and De Silva in three. Just my luck. It was going to go to decision, right? Two fighters that have not seen, like, past, like, the seventh minute of any fight. They go to decision. That's what's going to happen. But that's pretty much it for a breakdown of... Uh, UFC 282 card. If you got any questions before we get out of here, feel free to post them in the YouTube chat. Give me those those thummy thumbs. You definitely uh, subscribe to Roto Grinders. You'll get you'll get our ownership. You'll get our get our projections for MMA. You'll get our expert survey, our ground and pound podcast. It's like an hour and a half long. Uh, Liam also has an article breaking down in his picks for all the fights and everything. Uh, you get lineup HQ to build all your lineups. You get to, I mean, you get everything. So what are you waiting for? Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of a combo premium package. It includes N- NBA and NFL and everything, PGA. You can play everything. World Cup, soccer. You get that also. You get the MMA channel in the in the Roto-Grinders Discord. You get my Blenders Game Theory channel. You can talk to me. So sign up for that. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. We got tons of content coming out today for for NFL. Tons. The tournament take show, the solo ship show. 
other stuff, I guess. I mean, obviously, we got NBA Grinders Live later today and Crunch Time, the NBA people. I got my premium game theory show with Tuttle that comes out, you know, later later in the afternoon, re-recorded about 2. Typically comes out around 4 or 5 o'clock. That's only for premium people, though. Got to be premium for the game theory show. So, uh, so yeah, so subscribe to that. And I will be back. I'll be back on Monday, right? Answering your DFS strategy questions, right? Talking to James McCool. Seeing what happened on this Sunday with the 10 game. It's not a very good NFL slate, by the way. It is. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and I'll be back with you. As I always are, I'm, I'm, I'm always here for you. Monday through Friday. 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.